Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. This is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today, I have the privilege of having my friend Jim White here with me today. I'm so excited about this conversation, Jim. I am too. We, uh, I really am looking forward to this. I mean, we have so many things that we've shared over the years, and we're working in similar arenas. It's great fun to see you. So a long time ago, I asked you this question. Jim, have you ever had a life-changing moment? And you said, yes, Umar when I died in Singapore. That's right, that's right. So why don't we start when you died? When I died in Singapore. I was uh, consulting in Singapore, uh, and I was uh, very, very stressed. I was doing marketing, and I was running a workshop with the National Productivity Board, and I had stayed up late one night, and then uh, woke up at four o'clock, oh no, woke up at eight o'clock, realizing I was supposed to be on stage at eight o'clock. Wow. So then I felt it in my chest, felt it in my arm, I knew what was happening. And uh, so I uh, eventually you know, got to the hospital and I went out and then they brought me back and eventually I had open heart surgery and uh, I'm still here. And one of the things you said <laughs> is that experience got you on your new path, which yes, was to uh, make an impact in the world. Exactly. I had been working with the international, international work and training, leadership development kinds of things, and this opened my eyes to a whole arena of emotion. There are emotions, how they impact us, how I was breaking my own heart by my own behavior, and I was drinking too much, and I was I was overworking. I was highly stressed, and all of a sudden. A light bulb went on, and it began me on a, a new trajectory. And it was a slow trajectory. It's getting involved in research on emotions and how that impacts. And so I began to... Began this journey. I began the journey. And part of what you do now is neuroleadership, teaching people that this new amazing science of neuroscience, that we can make it practical and not etheric that just neurosurgeons need to know, but human beings, connecting with each other, leading other human beings, being a better human being, being a better parent. Yes, and I'm, I'm very excited about this. I just think it opens, as you're saying, so many possibilities for us to take more charge of how we show up, and how we uh, work with our own minds, and how we work with other people. And there's some major breakthroughs in neuroscience that are informing what you can do from a neural leadership perspective or working with groups or teams or trying to impact what's going on in an organization. And it begins with self-awareness and continuing this journey of how aware am I of my emotions, how they impact what I do and how I interact. And then realizing that there's a science behind that and there are practices that are attached to that that you can bring forward. And the exciting thing is that we can take charge of our minds in lots of ways that we have intuited for a long time and now there's science behind it as well. Intuited, yes, but I think one of the problems was that somebody uh, just ended up figuring this thing out and they just do it naturally, but when you ask them, what are you doing, how are you doing it, a lot of times they can't articulate it. No, it's hard and to articulate. what this has done, what you've done, is actually bring it down to say, hey, here are the five things you need to pay attention to. Right. So, right. what's the conversation we're going to have today? I think the conversation is about what's possible. 
Right. And so uh, you were mentioning that there were like five key things. Uh, so uh, so well, I, I think there, there's a way of, there are so many things going on in neuroscience and there, uh, there, there are many, many ways of approaching it. And we've come up with, or I've played around with some breakthroughs that have to do with neuroplasticity. One is, one is neuroplasticity. Another one is willpower and yes. the nature of willpower. Another one is our default mode network and our negativity bias that's inborn for us. Another one is emotional contagion and the fact that we are like neural Wi-Fi. When we come in the contact with other people, we are impacting them whether we believe it or not. And then there's the other one that has to do with attachment. And attachment, then it's tied in with attachment and making and, you know, approaching, avoiding, or attaching kinds yes. of things. So as themes and ways of looking at how we operate, what I work to do is incorporate those lenses into the work that I do. Not to necessarily train people in all of these five, but to use this to inform my designs, my workshops, the kind of activities I plan and get engaged in, or the kind of practices I engage, uh, encourage people to get involved in. Brilliant. So let's go take a deeper look at each one of those. Okay. One of the five was willpower. Willpower. So talk to me about willpower. Well, and this is based on a lot of research that's done on, popularized by Kelly McGonigal, who's yes. written a book called The Willpower Instinct. Basically, there are, you know, we, uh, I'll just play a Many times the idea of willpower is that I will do this and I'm going to white knuckle it, yeah. or I'm not going to do this and I will never do that. And those are the kinds of things most of us bring in when we make a New Year's resolution. We won't eat a Krispy Kreme ever again. Right. We're you know, going to go to the gym every day. By damn, we're going to go to the gym every day. And by, I think it's by January 20th, most of those resolutions have kind fade of away. fade away. And there's another power called I want. So I will, I won't, and I want. The I will and I won't are push and uh, or resist or push. Yeah. And the I want is a pull. Yes. So what we're working when we talk about using neuroscience to think about what we do in groups of teams, let's say strategic planning. We have these incredible goals, strategies, etc. And then in organizations, many times they, they fall by the wayside, not reinforced enough, or we make these other commitments. When we hook into a higher pull, things that I want, in Hinduism it's called a sankalpa. Mm -hmm. It's your vow, your vow to your life. Other, uh, other places, it's uh, what's your ultimate purpose? What's your passion? Labeled all of that. different things, but the They're same thing we're talking about. Yeah. The same idea is that you're working to create a pull that you can come back to to remind yourself. So when I won't doesn't work, and I, w I, you know, I will doesn't work as well. When you go to I want, it allows those other dimensions to work, and those are different brain systems that are at play. And so that's so, the. That's so give me an example of I want. How is that? I understand the I won't right. and I will. Right. The I want. How is that different than I will? Rather than I'm going to be on a diet and I will, you know, I will, uh, you know, do this diet and I will keep it, the higher I want is I, uh, I want to be a, live a healthy life. Yes. I have a purpose. I have a purpose in life, and that is to contribute to life. So it's goal. more like a journey, more of a path thing a, versus exact, a specific. Exactly. It's, so way, it's a goal versus a journey would be a way of thinking about it. It's a something that is compelling you. Some of us wake up every morning. You know, some of us will wake up every morning with a with a song in our heart and a skip in our step, because we are compelled 
or being pulled in a particular direction. When we can articulate that, then we can intentionally come back to it. So when you said the I won't, it kind of reminded me of this quote, and I don't remember who said it, but I'll find out who said it, and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. And I'm going to paraphrase, and it was basically, it was a sports team kind of thing, and this Uh guy was saying that, you know, you should never, ever uh, date a fellow player's girlfriend or look at her in a lustful way. Then he went on to say, well, not unless she's really cute or something. (laughs) (laughs) So the second thing was uh, the emotional contagion. Yes. This is tied in with the research that's done in uh, mirror neurons and the way we are brain-to-brain connected. And I think one way of illustrating this would be to ask folks the question, have you ever been sitting in a meeting? And it's been going very well, and people have a great conversation, and somebody walks in the room. And it changes the entire feeling? The whole feeling changes, and you can feel it sink. Sometimes you can feel it actually rise, but many times for us in organizations, we feel it actually sink. And what we're picking up are, and this sounds so 1960s hippie-ish Northern California, but you're picking up on the vibes. And the vibes are actually physiological. They're real. And so we are... We are, con- we are communicating with each other on so many different dimensions all the time. And the neural Wi-Fi or this, uh, this uh, emotional contagion is, uh, is just a part, ju- not just, but it's a part of communication, how we communicate with each other. So one of the things I do is when I work one-on-one with clients yeah. or in a therapeutic NLP session is I sync up with them, get into deep, deep rapport. Yep. And what happens when I do that is oftentimes... I get uh, a feeling, and it could be a really uncomfortable feeling as I'm sitting down with Jim, Mm -hmm. and I get it over here, and I go, hmm, am I feeling this feeling because of me or because of you? And sometimes I go, well, I got nothing to be anxious about. Then I know with certainty that you're feeling that feeling right there, Mm -hmm. and I'm Mm -hmm. just picking it up because I'm in sync with you. Yes. And what I would do is just place my hand where I feel that feeling and go, uh, so how does that make you feel? And because I'm doing that physical thing there, right. the client goes, oh, I'm feeling really anxious about it. And it was a feeling I was Very picking cool. up. Very so here's cool. the validation Very. of it. Very cool. Is at the end of the day, I would come home, have dinner with my wife. We'd uh, get into bed. Mm-hmm. And then she would say, did you clear off your energy today? Right. And I would say, no. Did right. you work with someone that had anxiety about this? Wow. And wow. it was me picking up their energy. Right. Four hours later, I'm still carrying you're it. You're still carrying and it. And then when she's quiet in bed, like when you're like moving around, sometimes she wouldn't pick it up. But when we got into bed, yeah. it was like she could pick up. There's a disquieting energy, and she could label it. Yes. And it was like, okay, I'm getting out of bed. I'm going to go clear the energy clear the off energy. and come back. So, yeah, we pick up that stuff, and we see it as uh, as an obstacle, but it's the biggest gift that we have it is a gift it if you pay attention to it and you yeah. know it's there that's incredible that's incredible how do you clear so one of the ways to clear is uh, just imagine that you have a connection from actually it's between your tailbone okay and uh so the center of your body so okay. it's just a couple of inches off okay. just imagine you have a connection from that to the center of the earth and as soon as you it's Got called it. rounding as soon as you get rounding, that connection sure you feel still and then you just envision any negative uh, energy that isn't yours just going down your yeah. body and it just releases you let it dissolve oh that's so do you really have a connection to the earth uh i don't know i don't know does it work I've, yeah that's I've the taught important. hundreds of <laughs> yep. people this technique yeah and probably two percent go you're nuts 
but 98% go, oh my God, this is so amazing. I feel that instant calming yep. and I felt that negative energy leave yep. my body. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of our worldview, I think, in I, terms of, uh, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. The question is, is it useful? If it's useful, let's use it. Yeah. Maybe with the science today, we can't validate it. And maybe with the science tomorrow, they'll say, no, it's total bullshit. Or they'll, or say, they'll say, this is why it works. This is why. And I think that's what we're seeing with regard to this emotional contagion and a lot of other kinds of things that are going on is that science has been validating things that uh, currently that have historically been out of contemplative wisdom traditions yes and the eastern ways of thinking about things and the mind-body connection and now there's just so much more going on with looking at what the mind-body connection is about and that's exactly what you did with the clearing is that it's a mind-body connection you ask your mind to clear your you know to yeah. clear out your you know clear those feeling states that you have you imagine it it happens Bingo, and there's that third piece that's kind of implied in there, and I always say, you know, mind, body, soul. Yes. And there's that trinity of stuff there. So on this uh, uh, amazing uh, visual representation of what we're talking about, which we're going to put uh, in the show notes, Okay. Uh, uh, tell me about this one. Default mode network. Okay, let's ask the question of the, of the audience. How many of us here have a voice in our heads? Almost everybody would say yes. Yes. Okay. And what percentage would say negative? Uh, most of most them. Most of it. Exactly. If and not all of if, them. If not all of it. And this is the chatter, according to the research that is there. And this is your brain systems at play that are uh, set up for you to scan the environment so that you can be safe. And there is a constant chatter that goes on, and it really falls into four dimensions. You know, how am I feeling about the present moment? You know, I don't like it, I do like it. Past or, or future. Two, worrying about the future, regretting the past. Or there's how I feel about this individual and these people, or the other side how of that, feel how do you? they feel about me? Four dimensions, they're always there cross-culturally can be in New Guinea, Australian Aboriginals, you can work, you can be North Africa, you know, folks in the Arab world, Europeans, we all share that. If you're human, that's what you have. And that's what creates from many traditions the kind of suffering that we have as individuals when we pay attention to those voices. And there are tools and techniques and ways of, of working with those voices that help you begin not to control them so that you damp them down because they're always going to be there, but it's learn to live with them, incorporate them, and move to a different perspective with them. And that has to do with their meditative practices and mind-body kinds of things. Here's one do. that I teach. Uh, so, Jim, if you can be brave, what's one of your inner voices? What's his favorite thing to say that uh, to sabotage your efforts? Uh, they're going to catch you. You're a phony. So, uh, can you give me uh, one example of you definitely not being a phony? Where you knew your right shit? now? Right now, give me another example of a time that you were uh, leading or being where you just knew with certainty that. You know this stuff. You're not a phony. I I can think back on when I was uh, a gig that I had about uh, about a month ago, where I'm uh, facilitating a workshop, and I don't know where the information comes from. It's kind of like channeling it, right? And it just came, right? It just comes. So what I teach people is when the negative voice comes up, what you can do is you can battle it, try pushing it, but that's going to be a lot stronger than you that, are. It pushes back. It pushes back, yeah. and it knows where the vulnerabilities are, right. and it's going to hit you in the gonads. Right. But what if you said, 
Yes. And here are three counterexamples of legitimately when I was uh, the bomb, where there was no doubt that I was a phony. Right. And as soon as you give the three counterexamples, uh, you give one. Then if it comes back, you give the second one. If it comes back, you give the third one. Usually by the third time, it says, you're not playing fair, and it goes I'm away. Going away. Yeah. And so uh, collecting those moments... You know what those negative voices say. You could have, let's say, five different phrases. Right. Just have counterexamples for each. Right. And when it comes up, agree with it. Yes, agree and build. Yeah. And yeah. D- but is a bad word. Yeah. And is a wonderful word. Yeah. Uh, you're probably right. And remember the time over here where I won this award. Right. And remember the time over here when. And so, anyway, that's. There's many strategies out there. And that and I works. Guess what we're looking to do, and what I hope you guys are looking to do, is to just collect them. Like, yeah. do you need all those clubs in a freaking golf bag? That's right. Apparently you do. You do. And you so do. we need no, different right. tactics to take care of those negative dialogue. Right. And a, a nine club might be good for me, and a wedge might be good for you, and we're all different. And if we can just catalog those for humanity, well... I mean, wow. how many places are we really, really stuck? We have the, the negative inner voice. Right. We have this uh, beliefs around self. Right. That's sometimes a negative. Yeah. Uh, our ability to be loved or deserving. Right. right. So there could be maybe, there's probably a billion different hang-ups, but they probably condense down to maybe seven right. popular ones, yeah. and they're just different. Uh, and they're just kind of just different yeah. degrees of it, but the same kind of thing. Yeah. That we could collect for those seven, what if we could collect 50 ways to tackle each one? So that's seven times 50. Who's good at math? That's but right. There's not exactly. that many. If we put the word out and say, okay, how do yeah, you take care right. of this? Yeah. And then we could just get a body of knowledge that's going to figure out what's right for you. I, it's it, it, it's an interest. That's a great idea. And you know, one of the things that I've, with regard to collecting those kinds of things, what I've learned about uh, a little bit, and you probably use it in your NLP work as well, is that when you when you discover one of those those things that really works, is that when you discover it, to somehow anchor it, to somehow hold it for at least 20 seconds in your feeling state, and by doing that, you begin to rewire the way in which yes. you consistently come back to that. So that's a part of, and when every time it comes up, every time you bring that back, as I understand it, mm-hmm. and you don't know more about this than I do, but as I understand it, that you are actually, you're, I know you're, we're rewiring our brains, and that's an intentional way. It's called self-directed neuroplasticity, which yes. is another thing that we'll talk about in a second. But uh, you can change your mind to change your brain to change your mind. And I, Brilliant. Rick Hansen is uh, the author of Buddha's Brains, and another another series of books uh, has coined that from other research. So let's go into that uh, neuroplasticity. Okay. So what what we know we've always you know we've always known that we 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 learn. So our brains and our minds change. Our brains change, and what what the discoveries have been is that yeah they change and here's what's going on is that they are actually there are actually physical changes in your brain when you're learning something and that attention and focus helps to strengthen that so that um, uh, sort of passing states continuing to pass as states become traits and so you are you are focusing on 
the neural self-directed neuroplasticity you can change your mind to change your brain to change your mind and that and we'll get to this in a second paying attention that the negative is like velcro and teflon and the the positive is like teflon so when you start working with changing your states etc that you're paying attention to you know the fact that negative will come up and is harder to deal with even those voices or whatever it happens to be so the efforts that we make it's not that we need to make harder efforts it's me means we need to make smarter efforts which are absolutely yeah. and before we started this uh, podcast we were talking about uh, how we make a lot of shit up we make a lot of and how a lot of things are built on uh, faulty information so I'll give you an example uh, for a lot of years we knew with certainty that the brain does not change when you reach a certain age it gets locked in and it just gets diminished as we get older that's what we knew for certain for certain Except. and still Sir Isaac Newton developed the theory of Gravity. Right. Uh, Einstein, theory of relativity. Right. Uh, Planck, string theory. We right. still do these amazing things that moved humanity forward with bad information. Right. And now that we've got this neuroplasticity, which is a better model, mm-hmm. at some point we're going to find out it isn't. So I guess it goes back to that point of find things that are useful and use yeah, those. Exactly. And we can still move humanity forward. And then later on, we can make the model better. Exactly, exactly. And I think what you're uh, speaking to, it seems like, with, with these kinds of ideas, as we, as we play around with them, where they will take us, I mean, it, they will take us in directions that w- if we did not have them, we would not have gone. Absolutely. And it may turn out at the end that we were really off base in terms of the, the science of it and something else is going on, etc. But look where we might have come even as a result of having a quote bad idea brilliant yeah speaking of bad ideas it's a great time for us to uh end this podcast okay and we need to do another one soon we will jim thank you so much for sitting down with me today you're so welcome it's great to be here thank you very much If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 